Welcome to the Exploring Awareness Podcast. Join Dr. Frank Anderson and Lisa Berry in exploring new ways to live in this chaotic world and find peace and joy in the most unlikely places. Welcome to the Exploring Awareness Podcast, a conversation between two people. I'm Lisa and Frank is with us, but it also includes you. It's a conversation exploring awareness and what exactly that means. And actually, it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And it means a lot to us that you're listening. Thank you for listening and welcome to the Exploring Awareness Podcast. You doing okay, Frank? Yeah, I'm doing great, Lisa. Had a great week so far. Had a very nice weekend. We had a big storm here in Ann Arbor this oh, yeah. week. We lost a lot of branches in our right. neighborhood. But, um, you know, it was exciting to see. I liked our conversation last time we were talking about figuring things out versus letting them be and being at home with yourself, which is a concept that I just really value. And then we, we talked about how we put a lot of thought and effort into what we are calling this podcast, Exploring Awareness. Right. And how when you talk about these things, suddenly you see the words a lot. And uh, I sent you a quote that I saw from Eckhart Tolle that said, rather than being your thoughts and emotions, be the awareness of them. And I'm like, aha, there's the awareness wow. word that there we keep seeing all the time now. You must have been listening to the podcast or something. <laughs> it must have been, yes. <laughs> who knows who were inspiring all over the world, right? Thank Eckhart, welcome. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and we have been exploring awareness. And we've been exploring awareness through meditation. And you've, you've asked me several times, how do you explore awareness? And I always say, well, this podcast is about meditation. You know, it's not about some of the other things that, that people might do to explore awareness. But I thought today, as a special treat, and I'm really excited, we could talk about actually another way to explore awareness and live with awareness. Okay. And that would be from an experience you've had or... What would it be? Yeah, well, well, you know, there's there's lots of ways you can do it. And I've been to to many retreats right over the years, and and many types of like uh, group work and uh, uh, you know breath work, and you know we've talked about the different types of things that you might do personally. But I also found another way where you live in a particular place, uh, have a certain experience where the whole uh, culture is kind of set up in ways that reflect some of those things that we've talked about when we explore awareness. You know, when we talk about exploring awareness, we've mentioned the words love, we've mentioned the word generosity, we've mentioned the word peace, uh, we've Don't forget joy. And joy, yeah, yeah, joy. Joy in the most unlikely places. And, you know, those are, are four words we use to kind of reflect something that's deeper and authentic in ourself. But there's a place, a city that's built once a year for a week. And that city actually is based on very similar principles to the ones we've been talking about here. Okay. Yeah, has that got your interest up a little? Uh, yeah, definitely. Tell us more. And so this city has got these, let's say, principles. There's 10 principles of this city that have always reflected to me those kind of four elements. Imagine a city where you don't pay anything. Everything is gifted to you. Complete generosity, nothing expected in return. 
Imagine a city where you can be completely yourself. You could have what might be called radical self-expression. That sounds fabulous. <laughs> Imagine a city where, where one of the principles is that everyone is included. Imagine a city that isn't based on advertising on what they call commodification, you know, and that human interactions aren't based on an exchange of money or an exchange of materials. But human interactions were just based on interacting with humans. Imagine a place where immediacy is part of your, your experience. You know, time doesn't matter. You, you land in a place and you just like are there immediately present in the present moment. Okay, have you ever heard of a place like that? You're making this up, right? Is it, is it, is it a dream? Is it a dream you have? It So, and this might surprise you. This might surprise you, but I'm talking about the Burning Man Festival. Burning Man Festival that takes place in... It takes place in Nevada. Nevada in the desert? It takes place, yes, in a desert. It, it's kind of like, it's not a sand desert. It's a, it's a lake bed desert. Oh. And yeah, it's like six square miles or e- even larger than that. And in the winter, it's filled with water. Mm-hmm. And in the summer, it's just a dry lake bed. It's filled with all this kind of um, dust, really. I think a lot of us have heard about Burning Man in passing and from what you just described does not necessarily match, I think, a lot of the passing descriptions that we've heard. So I definitely wanted to hear more because that sounds amazing. And you've been? Yeah, I've been 10 times. 10 times? I've been 10 times, you know. And Lisa, uh, I heard about this even you know, before that. I've been 10 times in a row. And before that, I had heard about it, you know, on the news or something. And I was, yeah, on, right. I was on an email list. And I used to watch every year the kind of emails would come through and everyone would be getting ready. And I'm like, wow, I would love to go mm. to that. But I had little kids, you know, and I didn't really think it would be possible. And uh, one day my wife said, why don't you take Eric to Burning Man? I'm like, that sounds like a great idea. And, and Eric is? Eric was eight years old at the time. He's my youngest child. Okay. And you took your eight-year-old to Burning Man. I took my eight-year-old to Burning okay, Man. Okay, good. They had a place called Kidsville there. Okay. And, uh, and, and there's like 600 families that, 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 that make a camp. You know, Burning Man is, a, is really created by the participants, right? And so there's, there's the group of people that organize this place called Kidsville. Mm-hmm. And if you want to go to Kidsville, you contact the Kidsville Yahoo group or whatever it was at the time. And you say, I'd like to go to, I'd like to camp at Kidsville. And they're like, okay, that's the inclusion part. There's no, um, mm. there's no, um, you know, questions. It's like, oh, you want to camp with us? Okay. I found someone from Ann Arbor who brought their child to Burning Man as well. So he gave me lots of pointers and lots of tips. And Eric and I hauled it out to Nevada. And we rented a car, and we went to Kidsville and Burning Man, and we had the best time ever. Okay, so you know you're totally blowing apart everybody's perception 
of Burning Man because you're telling us you went and took your eight-year-old son and you stayed in Kidsville. Definitely. Yeah, well, that's, that think, isn't that interesting? Yeah, right. Because people have perceptions of yes. things. And where do those right. perceptions come from, right? They come right. From, from outside. They come from watching the media. They come from hearing stories. They read the newspaper and like, oh, there's naked people at Burning Man or something like this. Oh, there's drugs or there's whatever. And that happens in, in every city every single day. So it's not, you know, limited to Burning Man and it has nothing to do with Burning Man. But, you know, I think that's a parallel with other things, too, that people hear about, right? They hear the sensational stories and kind of make their conclusions based on that. So I think that's the first kind of thing to, to, to look at, right? It's like how we form our opinions about mm. things. So today, instead of exploring awareness through just conversation on a topic or exploring awareness through meditation. We're going to explore awareness through Burning Man. Yeah, exactly. Because that becomes then an embodied type of awareness. You know, it's like Eckhart Tolle's talk. It's like, well, don't, it's kind of a nice little statement to say, but how do we live this, you know, in, in the world? Mm. Right. And so, you know, you've talked, we've talked about the pilot project and taking this out into the world. Well, one of the unfortunate things from the COVID, you know, pandemic right. is that Burning Man is canceled this year. Canceled. It oh. is canceled. Yeah. That, that's, but, but instead of, you know, lamenting that what we're doing is we're trying to, you know, expand Burning Man culture outside of just that one week pilot project. Yeah, it is kind of a pilot project like our, our meditation is because it's only one week out of the year. And so f for me, it's always been a very awareness building experience. And as you know, I spent a lot of time at retreats and, and, and this is almost like a retreat for me, mm. but it's outward. It's, you know, it's embodied, it's active. It's, it's in living some of these these ideas, these concepts, not the ideas, but the concepts or the feelings that are deep inside that we discover through exploring awareness. So you said there's a culture. I want to hear about the Burning Man culture. Yes. Yeah, it, there is a culture. Absolutely. And that's what people may miss. You know, they may think it's a rave culture or, you know, right. some party culture or something like that. But no, it's based on these principles that there are 10 of them. If you take a complete blank slate, let, let, let's imagine the plane of possibility or the plane of awareness, you know, this complete plane of possibility. So you look at that as this big giant lake bed hmm. and you say to people, come over here to this place and there's, there aren't rules, there are principles. They're the heart of the event. Mm -hmm. And so one of the hearts of the event is gifting. And gifting, they say, Burning Man is devoted to acts of gift giving. The value of a gift is unconditional. Gifting oh, does not, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Gifting does not contemplate a return or an exchange of something for equal value. Now, when I went to the first Burning Man event, there was a regional one around um, Michigan, and I had my kids there as well, and there were some potters from, from another town, and they had all this pottery, and they had glaze, and, you know, I took my kids up there, and, you know, we're used to going to, you know, museums or something, and they'll charge you 20 bucks. No, we, they just had the pottery there. It was a complete gift. My kids had a blast. They made pottery. 
they had a kiln right behind their camp. And at midnight, we were firing up the, the, the kiln and, and firing their, their pottery. And, and it, it just blew my mind. It's like, it was just, it just they did it because they enjoyed giving. And so when you go out to the Big Burning Man Festival in Nevada, the gifts are things like interactive art. You know, another one of the principles is inclusion. And so a lot of the artwork, it's inclusive. So a lot of them are interactive art pieces. So what do you, what's an interactive art piece? Oh, gosh. You, you couldn't imagine the interactive art piece. You know a Tesla coil? Uh, sure. You know what a Tesla coil is? Well, they've got two big Tesla coils out there and a, and a keyboard. And then you can play that keyboard and the, test, the Tesla coils activate their electricity and they connect and in tune to how you're playing the, hmm. the, the keyboard. It, you know, at night, it's just absolutely incredible. They have other interactive art that you crawl into, you go around, you, um, I've been up in a huge dragon where you pedal with the, with the, um, the, it's like a bike pedal and the dragon's wings just start mm. in and out like this. Sounds like unbounded creativity. Unbounded creativity. And, and when you're out there and you see it, you know, it's not anything that you've seen before mm. because it isn't quite like how we're, how we're living mm. in this world. And so, so it puts you in this state of awareness because it, you, you are aware of all these things that you've never seen before. There's an amazing, they call it a steampunk octopus, you know, and it goes around, it's made out of metal, it's huge, it shoots fire out of all of its tentacles, you know, and you mm-hmm. see it bouncing around all over the place. And if you've never seen anything like that, you're, it's like a dream, you know, you're taken aback and it's like, and someone has gone to the effort to make that, you know, that's their, that's their gift. That's the sense of generosity and a sense of, of a radical self-expression. And there's a participation, you know, by people enjoying it and seeing it. And is that one of the principles, radical self-expression? Yeah, radical self-expression is a great one of those principles. Let me tell you what they say about that. I love the use of the word radical in a positive way. Yes, you know? right, right. Because I think people think radical, but no, radical self-expression. You, you, that's awesome. It's so open. Yeah, and you know what radical self-expression requires is self-knowledge, right? Oh, and so you self-awareness. Self-awareness, exactly. And so radical self-expression, it says, arises from the unique gifts of the individual. Mm. No one other than the individual or the collaborating group can determine its content. It is offered as a gift to others, and in this spirit, the giver respects the rights and liberties of the recipient. Hmm. So, you know, you express yourself and you're not judged, right? You express yourself freely. And can you imagine a place you wear wear whatever you want, whatever you feel like, and and you're not going to be judged, but you're going to be celebrated um, by by the people that are there. And that's one one of these beautiful things. And I'm so glad I could have taught my son that too because he was functioning in a world where there's not judgment Mm. people can actually be themselves well so he was eight has he gone again or just that first time so he went when he was eight and then 
I met, made a bunch of friends there, and they were watching Eric for one afternoon. I went off, and I found this other camp. But there's a bunch of camps, you know. There's there's thousands of camps there, and everyone builds their own camps. The the, the organization doesn't. They just build, provide the infrastructure, the porta potties, mm. things like that. And I found a camp called the Heebie-Jeebie Healers. And the, the, they were giving a talk, you know, on meditation and consciousness. And I'm like, wow, that is, that is really cool. That's really cool. And so I emailed them and they said, well, you can camp with us next year. And so the next year I went by myself and I went and camped with the heebie-jeebie healers. The year after that, Eric came with me again. The year after that, I was a heebie-jeebie healer. And Eric went a total of three times with me. Yep. And, what uh, what do you think he learned from that? What's his takeaway? Do you, starting at going at eight years old, what kind of an influence do you think that had on him? I'll tell you, people were so friendly to him and so happy to see him. And people kept saying what a great dad I was for bringing him to, uh, to Burning Man. He got to see people interact in ways that he doesn't see people interact here, right? So he saw the gifting. There, there, one of the principles is decommodification. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one of the kind of things we, in our, in our world, Coca-Cola or, you know, Pepsi or Lay's Potato Chips sponsors things, right? There, yeah. There's no sponsorship there. As a matter of fact, if you have a budget, you know, Renovan, they want you to cover the word budget because, mm-hmm. because having advertising, having commodifying relationships, mm-hmm. you know, is also something that they that they really want to avoid the description is really good i'll read that for you it says in order to preserve the spirit of gifting our community seeks to create social environments that are unmediated by commercial sponsorship transactions or advertising we stand ready to protect our culture from such exploitation and this is my favorite sentence we resist the substitution of consumption Hmm. participatory experience. Hmm. And so instead of going out shopping and that is how you participate in the world, you know, you go out to interact with people, interact with art, you know, to do gifting, to, to, to be part of, be part of it. And, and one of those, you know, another important principle is participation. And so, you know, the, the, the participation is so much fun because people are providing things for you to do. And there also has to be kind of a sense to, to put yourself out there and participate in things as well. It says that uh, transformative change, whether in the individual or in the society, can occur only through the medium of deeply personal participation. We achieve being through doing Everyone is invited to work. Everyone is invited to play. We make the world real through actions that open the heart. When you go there, do they remind you of the principles or is it just something you have in the back of your mind? Yeah, no, they do. They do. Even to buy a ticket, you have to do a quiz. Oh, really? (laughs) To to, to Mm. do the principles. And and there's, there's a very strong push you know, to, to put that culture into place. Because when you put, put the culture into place, then what the form that emerges from that, mm-hmm. you know, the buildings and the art and the gifts, you know, they, they emerge from those principles, those principles that are also 
those that are deeply held, you know, kind of intuitive human traits that we've talked about through exploring awareness, right? So if you say you'll use these principles to build your city, it's different than saying, well, let's use Ten Commandments mm-hmm. or using Constitution or, or using a charter, city charter, you know, which may be based on other things. There may be other motivations for how those guidelines get built. These guidelines kind of emerge from something deeply human. So you're very much into exploring awareness. Did going to Burning Man nurture that in you and increase that sensation in you, or is that something you brought to Burning Man? No, no, Burning Man helped me identify that, Mm. you know, as a lived experience, you know, absolutely. And the 10 times you've gone, have those principles changed ever, or those have always been? No, no, they're always, they've always been the same. But, you know, we talked about home, last last episode right, right and there's a saying in burning man when you when you get there they say welcome home mm. and so there's a sense of, of being in a place that feels really authentic you know like your home within right and so that, that's one thing i've always connected and it's interesting they ca- they call the world that we live in here the default world And so it isn't so intentional, right? It's more of a default. We tend to fall into default mode out Mm. here. And, you know, that's true to a certain extent of of kind of doing things by default or by convention or by habit or because you were told. Out there, that place, these principles ask you to be authentic, right? They ask you to go deep come from within, you know, and express yourself and include people and, and, and participate, right? Well, it sounds more like a letting go, you know, and just being versus being in a world where you're, like we talked about last week, trying to figure things out. You just go and and feel free and be your authentic self and give to others and explore yourself and be more self-aware. Yeah, well, there is there is a... You know, as a result of what happens there, a, a lot of things get let go. I think absolutely because you don't like have what to... that sounds intriguing. <laughs> <laughs> like your reputation? I, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, I know. I just want to clarify that. So I still think people are thinking. You know, I think you hear a lot of jokes about Burning Man that don't sound anything like what you're saying to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, letting go of your inhibitions. You know, yeah. that may be what you end up doing. Letting go of your pre- preconceived ideas mm-hmm. um, and, and allowing everyone to be who they are as you are who you are. And so there's such a freedom in that, such a freedom in not judging people. And, and if people are different, so what? It's wonderful. You know, it's celebrating everyone's, you know, self-expression. So why can't that be our everyday life back here on the mainland? <laughs> Well, I think that uh, in some ways, you know, when we talk about Burning Man as a pilot project and we talk about meditation as a pilot project, and this this podcast is really all about finding out that deeper level of kind of intuition and expression. And so how does that look in the world here today? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, one of the one of the things, you know, when we talk about present moment awareness, there's a 
principle that kind of goes with that too, and it's called immediacy. And I'd like to read that one for you. Immediate experience is in many ways the most important touchstone of value in our culture. We seek to overcome barriers that stand between us and a recognition of our inner selves Hmm. or the reality of those around us, participation in society, and contact with the natural world exceeding human powers. And then here's similar to what Eckhart Tolle said, no idea can Hmm. substitute for this experience. No idea can substitute for this experience. Exactly. So it's not idea, right? It's experience. And I also love recognition of our inner self that you were talking about self-awareness. Isn't that basically what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Recognition of our inner self. Mm-hmm. And then what do you do with that once you achieve Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, you know, you've got the radical self-expression. Right. So you can, if you would, if you'd like to try on some different clothes, you know, or walk on some stilts or, you know, whatever you'd like to do, just yeah. give it a try. Why not? Right. So how many people go? Well, there's 70,000 people that go there. So you have 70,000 people in one place just being free and being authentic and giving and loving. That sounds pretty, pretty exciting to me. Yeah, yes. And, cre- and creating a culture and a society. Hmm. Now, it's, it only lasts for a week. I was going to ask you, so how long does it last? You have this empty desert, and then you bring these 70,000 people who bring all their art and their activities and all these things, and it functions for a week, and then it's gone. And uh, it's one of the largest, I think it is the largest Leave No Trace event in the world. And so that's another one of those principles, which would reflect, you know, kind of love for the environment um, kind of an equanimity. There's a leave no trace, and so they actually, uh, when the when it's over, the volunteers go go through and see how much trash might be left. And every camp's goal is to have zero. And mm. so our camp, we'll line up, you know, twenty people, and we'll just walk pace by pace, and we'll pick up every little piece of fuzz, paper, ever we might see. They call it. Um, any of those things are called matter out of place. And if you take the letters, it's called MOOP. And so the, the term out there is MOOP. And we pick up MOOP. And, uh, <laughs> and at the end, they make a MOOP map. And if your camp has a lot of MOOP, you know, you mm. might be allowed to have a camp the next year. Oh. So that, that leave no trace. And then what goes with that is uh, another principle of communal effort. And civic responsibility. Those are, those are the three principles that kind of reflect that equanimity, but also kind of working together, communal effort. Do you think those are things your son took away from his three experiences there? Oh, yeah. Well, I, well, those things, but I think really the, the, the human interactions that were honest, authentic, and self-expressive. You know, there's no conformity there. There's not people trying to please anybody there. Everyone is themselves. And the generosity is incredible. I mean, can you imagine on a hot day and you just say, oh my gosh, I would love to have an ice cream cone. And in the middle of the freaking desert, somebody says, ice cream, ice cream, (laughs) you want ice cream? It's like, how did you do that? 
I had some friends that um, there's there's something called the deep playa. So way out into the desert at night, they set up a French fry stand. <laughs> yeah, and they were making French fries in two stages. Uh-huh. The first stage was cooking the potatoes, and then the second stage was browning them. So it was a very complicated French fry making process. And they were dressed like, you know, people that work at a diner, three miles away from people's tents. And so people are wandering around out there, and they land where we were, and they get a bag of hot French fries on a cold night, and Mm. and tears come to their eyes. (laughs) They're like, you're making French fries out here in the middle of nowhere, and you're giving them to me. You know, that, that experience is just, it's just so rich and so, so real. I think, you know, we're recording this in the middle of a pandemic when things are not going well around the whole wide world. It's hard to think about that. And I hear you talking about Burning Man, and I think we need that more than ever. It sounds like such a a relief and something that we could really use considering everything that's going on in the world right now. Yeah, exactly. Something like Bernie man that is an expression of, of your truest self. Exactly. Exactly. And just like in Bernie man, where we have this self-expression and inclusion, you know, how Mm. can we have that in our, in our society here today? Can people, express themselves radically and be accepted for that instead of being judged for that. How do we make that happen? Yeah, I think you have to come at it, you know, with a certain perspective, you know, a certain attitude, a certain sense of who you are. Um, again, it's not the ideas, right? But it's the, it's the inner self that's guiding you. Now, I don't know how everyone is going to develop that. You know, we've been, we have 22 episodes of this podcast and, you know, there's a lot of people out there teaching mindfulness and awareness and, right. and these type of things. It's, it's not that accessible, Lisa. And, and we don't teach it in schools and we don't really mm-hmm. teach it to, in colleges. You know, I'd like to, to, to work on that as well, but you know, that, that extra capacity that humans have for this type of interaction is important. Now it is scary, right? I mean, even the first learning man, well, freedom is scary. You know, I think that uh, you hear what you just said. That sounds so contradictory. Freedom. Don't you think freedom, what everything buddy wants? Well, are you afraid of complete freedom? I never thought about it before. What does complete freedom mean? Well, yeah, what what does complete freedom mean? And would and would you rather live uh, under a, a set of rules, or would you rather live a little bit more freely? So, and, and maybe not rules isn't the right word, but cultural expectations and uh, mm. living for what other people expect you to be and expect to do. And I think that's what gives people a lot of anxiety and a lot of a lot of locked in thoughts. And so, you certainly are, like we've said before, you know, awareness of thoughts puts you in a different place than the thoughts themselves. And that's the same quote that Eckhart Tolle said as well. And so how you move around in the world can be very different if you're guided by awareness versus guided by thoughts. Especially and, I'm writing, I'm typing this on locked in thoughts. 
that sounds awful. <laughs> you, yeah. know? you just said you're guided by your thoughts. Not only to be guided by thoughts, but locked in thoughts. That means you're not open. Right. Well, you could be, you know, confined um, to your thoughts. Kind of like that, um, that tiger we talked about that had that habit of just pacing, even though he was outside of the cage, but now in his habitat. And let's say, you know, when, um, when I went to Burning Man, like, oh, you're going to go to Burning Man? You know, it's like, really? And it's like, people have a little bit of fear or trepidation from going to a place that would be so, what people might call, you know, wild. But it's really like this, this place of freedom. And uh, I, I wonder if people have hesitancy to, to step into a place like that. Because I don't think people change themselves at Burning Man. You know, they're more, much more expressive, but they're still the same people that they were before. I don't think just because you change the rules means that you're necessarily going to do things you wouldn't do otherwise. You know, you'll be your authentic self wherever you are. How hard do you think it is to be your authentic self? Yeah, it, it, is, it is hard. And that's why I like Burning Man, because it's kind of like a pilot project where you can go out there and, and, and have the space, you know, to... to be your authentic self or, or find your authentic self or experiment, you know, to find your authentic self. And, and when you see other people being their authentic selves, you know, then it, then it catches on, you know, and it's really, really fun. And that changes. And when it, we're in a world where people may or may not be their authentic selves, then it's harder to be your authentic self. What kind of people go? Because here you are, you're an, you know, a professor and a, and a doctor. And I think people might be surprised if they have very little knowledge of what Burning Man is really about. I mean, we're learning a lot from you about what it really is like. So well, are there people from all walks of life, you know, who typically goes? Oh, absolutely. There, there's, there's all ages from babies to uh, centurions. And there's, there, there's an airport there that's run by a bunch of pilots. Hmm. So there's a bunch of pilots that go. There's a lot of doctors that go. Um, and there's a lot of young people that go. Uh, it's, it's interesting. You know, there's a lot of very capable craftsmen and, and artists and organizers that, that do a lot of the planning and create these camps for a lot of other people to enjoy. Do you have to get in? Is it hard to get a ticket? You do have to get a ticket. And, you know, a few years ago, it started selling out because it became very popular. So, yeah, there's a lottery process to get a ticket every year. Hmm. See, so to me, and I hear you talk about that, and it sounds like a place we all need to be in our lives. And how can we make every day like Burning Man? How can we be in a place where we are authentic and free is it is it difficult to do when you're not at burning man isn't that something that we could share and talk about today and hopefully bring home to people well you know for everyone it's going to be a little bit different i would say but i do like this idea of of burning man uh, being home and when we talk about meditation and exploring awareness returning home Right. And so there's, there, there's a similarity in, in this home idea that's, that's beyond thoughts and, and beyond ideas, but is, is, is kind of the wellspring of authenticity. Hmm. And in yourself. We're talking about home in yourself, right? Home in yourself. Home in right. yourself. And so then the question becomes, you know, how do you, how do, you do that? 
And that's what we've been talking about for the last 22 episodes of this podcast. You know, how do you connect to something deeper within yourself that's beyond the thoughts? What is the awareness of the thoughts? And when you have awareness of thoughts, what is that? What space does that put you into? There's an interesting thing that happens at Burning Man. The reason they call it Burning Man is because there's an effigy of a person. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's not a male or female um, that I can tell. That it's, a, you know, a, a statue. And uh, it's there the whole time. It looks on at the whole place. And, and the person, Larry Harvey, that started this whole thing burned the effigy of a person, you know, to kind of represent burning his limitations and his mm. restrictions and his preconceived ideas, you know, and, and he, and he burned that man and what's left, you know, what happens after the house burns down, you know, then you're there and it's just you, you know, you don't have all the baggage anymore. And so there's that, there's that representation in burning a person in, in other religions, they have other similar kind of representations of a, of a death, you know, or of, a, of an ending of, of what you, of, of a form. And then what's left, you know, is, is what's real. And so in a sense that, that, that man comes down, right? He burns and, and what's left then is your, your authentic self. And so the, our own personal work may be that as well, like burn through all those ideas. You know, when you become aware of them, you know how they're, they're working within yourself and the awareness is what's left over after all that stuff drops off. Maybe some people are worried that if they do that, there won't be anything there. Yeah, yeah, you you're, you're afraid you'd lose your identity, but there's a well, big- or that you're there, you're not all that. You know what I mean? Like I'm this, and I'm my house, and I'm my job, and I'm my my uh, marital status, and you take that all away, and I oh, maybe there's nothing there. Yeah, and all that stuff is temporary. And so that's what kind of this represents. This this person burns and, and, and it's left. And and there's a great quote. People without egos have a lot of character. Okay, say that again. People, People without ego have a lot of character. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, that's you know, a lot of character, a lot of this radical self-expression without, you know, worrying, and a lot of inclusion and participation and all those things that come from something deeper. You know, not because someone's telling you to participate. You participate because you want to. You express yourself because you want to. And you live in a world where you're not being judged. Okay, but we talk about home and home being inside of yourself. Can you renovate your home? You know what I mean? I'm, it doesn't I, need I to be renovated. It's But you know what? No, it just came to me. It's like I'm in this process of, like, you know, figuring out who I am. And, like, if you strip away all these outer things – Maybe you're afraid what you're going to find there. Yes, right, exactly. But what happens after that is kind of like what happens with Burning Man. You go to this plane of nothingness and you say, okay, build a city based on gifting and inclusion and participation. Ah. And so some whole new form comes up, right? And so that's a metaphor for, for the life after kind of letting go of all the baggage. You know, then something new is going to grow from that. But so you have to be aware that these are all possibilities. I think, I I think that's kind of starts it process, doesn't it? 
Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's why I'm grateful that we have this podcast and we have these conversations because we are talking about these possibilities that you said are not taught in school. And, you know, you're not necessarily brought up with them by your parents, but somebody, I, you know, I know we don't want to, someone should be talking about them. I'm saying, I know I'm making a mandate here, but talking about them and putting them out there and letting people know that their possibilities, I think is really important. Yeah. So if you're going to burn your, be a burning man and start from scratch and, and deconstruct yourself, then you should be aware of all the possibilities. Right. There's have. so many more possibilities than the, the narrow ones that we think are put right. in. Yes. Or maybe we're put in by someone else. Do you think you can get in touch with those possibilities by meditating? I think, you know, meditation is a technique that helps you get in touch with yourself, to get in touch with your home. And so once you do that, you move around in the world and the world around you and the people around you are going to be consistent with your principles, with, your, with, with love and peace and joy and equanimity. And so it's not a direct cause and effect, but it's a, it's a swerve, you know? So or is it a, a, a way to do it? I, that's a great tool. A that's tool. a great tool to help you have that realization of home realization of yourself and it's a technique that will that that when you use that technique and practice that technique and 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 you're already experiencing this lisa when you said you know you've been meditating a lot more Mm. your days unfold differently we talk about practices a lot and i think what do we mean when we're talking about practices are we talking about meditation are we talking about conversation and then we talk about tools and practices and i just thought is there another way not that they're not that i'm judging that those are bad or wrong but it just is there another way to well and and there are and i wouldn't say that going to burning man necessarily is one of those tools but i know for sure because i'm in a camp of uh, there's massage therapists and acupuncturists and, and dream analysts and, and all kinds of really interesting people. Mm. And we, we, we call ourselves the healing oasis of Burning Man. And so people can be out and about and they have relationship issues and, you know, friends and uh, drama and things like this. And they come to our camp and there's, there's a lot of very grounded people in our camp. And I teach meditation you know, with people. I do one-on-one meditations with people. We have some really cool dream analysts in our camp and Uh massage therapists. And so, you know, you might go out around Burning Man and, you know, of course, people living their lives and then there's drama and there's stuff. But then you kind of get a window. It's like, wait, there's something different about this place. And it starts to open up those possibilities. And so putting yourself in those situations that are like, well, open up a little window and you're like, huh, what is it? What is this difference about this place? I mean, this isn't Coachella. You know, Coachella is like a festival. festival. I mean, I've never been to Coachella, and Mm -hmm. I think people have a great time there too. But, but there's something about having this festival based in these principles that reflect this authenticity that people start to get a glimpse of that. So, so you know, I think that we're not having Burning Man this year, and we're trying to take that culture is it only burning man but the burning man is a good example of it to the world and say you know there are other ways to live in this world Mm. there are other ways to interact 
And it doesn't have to be tribal. You know, it doesn't have to be selfish. It doesn't have to be based on commodification. You know, there are lots of other ways. And a lot of people are, are, are trying it. You know, there's a lot of people in all generations that are trying something different. Right. Well, I feel like even though the festival, and I hear the experienced attendee is canceled, that somehow the spirit is still going to be kept alive. This is in the fall. Is that when it takes place? It always takes place the week before Labor Day. And absolutely, in some ways, the spirit is even more alive, you know, because we can't go out there. And so yeah. people are creating all kinds of projects, virtual projects online. And there's some really cool things mm. happening. Like virtual. Can we all participate in those? or do you have Again, to- Yeah, I think if you go to BernieMan.org website, you know, you can see how there's going to be websites and virtual reality uh, issues and um, you know uh, Minecraft has a whole virtual Burning Man as well. Really, really cool. Yeah. You, know, you know Minecraft? My kids play Minecraft. Yeah, or have. There you go. Minecraft. Yeah. So my my son plays it too. And we were just looking through the whole Burning Man playa. They call it the playa. Okay. Um, that desert area, and and so there'll be all kinds of ways that more and more more people can, can can interact with it. And you know, I showed you that YouTube video too that I love. It's called Home. Right, it's mm. from 2011. If you Google Burning Man Home 2011, you'll see exactly what we're talking about. Lisa and I just watched that video beforehand, and it kind of gives you a sense of that freedom and happiness. And everybody looked so happy in that video, and I'm like, I want to go. That I mean, just to be in that place of of freedom and and connecting to your joy and being radical acceptance is that one of the th- i mean people just love you and accept you no matter who you are what you do or what you wear that's what i felt when i watched it well what else are we missing what else can you tell us about the burning man experience well one thing that people don't know about burning man necessarily is that there's also a temple there hmm. and you know all we people hear about the the, the man but there's also a temple, and the temple is always a different architectural, you know, masterpiece. Really? That's, That's built really- for just for that week and torn down when you're done. It's not torn down. It's burned oh. down as well. Oh, okay. Well, destroyed. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things burned down out there. But, but this mm-hmm. temple, you know, for, for a lot of people, whether they have a religion or not, people gather there, and this temple provides a place for people to, to leave stuff. And a lot of people will leave pictures of their loved ones that have died, Mm. you know, and so you'll see lots of shrines to people out there. It's really beautiful. Um, You know, my mom passed away uh, last year and I did a little shrine for her last year. And it was very meaningful for me. You know, it was a little more meaningful than her, her funeral. Um, Because it was a personal thing. And, um, but people write on the wall and they write down things. They forgive people. Mm. They write things they want to let go of their own uh, habit energy or their Mm. own ideas that are not serving them. And there's a way that that gets burned. And they've burned, Mm. so they burn the energy of the person on Saturday night and they burn the temple on Sunday night. And when they burn the, the, the man, you know, there's a big party, lots of noise. But when they burn the temple, there's 70,000 people. And you can hear a pin drop. It's very solemn. And you don't know about this about Burning Man because people don't talk about it. But, you know, the recognition of that, of the spiritual aspect of the, of the festival is, is so clearly 
and obviously apparent in the whole week people meditating at that temple praying whatever and then and then it also goes up in smoke is it meant to be healing is that uh, absolutely absolutely and it goes up in smoke and in a sense you've burned burned the ego and then you've burned the institutions and you've burned everything and what and you're still there you're still there and whatever you thought was important is gone and now you're still there and now you got to go forward with what's real and that's how i look at it you burned everything down all your expectations and now you move and you and you go back and you dance so you go there and you have this experience and do you carry it around with you how long does it last i do i, I it has had huge impact. Well, actually, you know, the first time you go to, first few times you go, you come back and you're a burning man, you know, evangelical. But I think that, that, that in, and, and once I've been able to integrate these kind of burning man principles into these, into this concept that comes from exploring awareness, you know, that, that it just seems very, a very seamless approach, you know, to developing projects to dealing with people, you know, to developing um, even, even, even papers that I write and, and projects that I develop have embedded in it, you know, some of these concepts. I was going to say, what do you, what can you, can you pick one or two concepts that you think you carry most with you or implement into your daily, li daily life from Burning Man? For sure, inclusion. I'm, I'm very much inclusive and I very much appreciate people's individuality and their self-expression. And uh, however anybody wants to be in the world is fine with me. You know, I think my son has that same feeling. And, you know, celebrate people for what they are and not, 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 not base my opinion on someone because other people have an opinion based on them, but, you know, taking each person for who they are, you know, in the present, no matter what. And, um, and so that's important. The, the gifting has been really, really important. And the decommodification too, it just reminds me that human interactions aren't based on, on um, exchanges of money and, and materials, but, you know, a human interaction is, is much richer than that, much more interesting. What can we do, those of us who have not been to Burning Man, how can we make that part of our lives? Well, our what are your, do you have any thoughts about that? I, you know, it all sounds amazing to me. It does. It does. And, I, and in, in a certain extent, I, I try to be that way. Um, but I think, for lack of better expression, burns it into you that that's how you, how you should be. Not you should be, but how you could be in what makes life more worth living. But I, I'm still not over you saying how you burn it all down and you're down to nothing. And then you, you start from there. That's huge. That's a huge, huge thought. And I think that takes a lot of courage to, to, to do that and to be in that spot. And yeah, it was, it's a, it's a metaphor for our own personal work. Hmm. And so I, we've talked in the podcast before, top down versus bottom up, right? Hmm. And so you know, you say you have to give people, you have to give people gifts. Well, I mean, that's that's not going to work. You know, you have to be self-expressive. You know, you have to participate. You have to include people. You know, that 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 type of thing. That's that's our rules. 
and, and if that's how you look at it, then, then that's no fun. Where do you find the place in yourself to be generous? Where do you find yourself to be loving? The, the hugs at Burning Man are great. So many hugs, so much love. How do you know who you are so you can express it? I go to thrift shops now all the time and get all kinds of cool things that I try out, see what I like. You know, to wear that I, if I wore around Ann Arbor, you know, they might uh, they might stop me or something. I don't know. Ann Arbor's one of the cool things about Ann Arbor, Michigan, is that you can be who you are. I mean, we have a violin monster who plays downtown. And oh, yeah. That's we have full moon festivals of artists lighting up projects and parading down the street that's why i love ann arbor because yeah that's I, true that 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 is some real expression radical yeah expression. But as as my as a journalist there and the people i get to meet and the artists and the souls that i get to connect with are i, I think if there's one spot that you can be that way that ann arbor michigan i feel like the following the preceding message was brought to you by the ann arbor chamber of <laughs> <laughs> No, that's why I choose to work there. I mean, I made some big decisions to to make that my work home because of the people. And I, it sounds like Burning Man is kind of where you feel at home. Yeah, and it's and the people around here who go, you know, like I've got a friend who's got a workshop, and we make stuff, and they weld, and we mm. saw, and we come up with fire sculpture. It's so much fun. I've had so much fun. Fire sculpture? What's that? Yeah, that's like you know, like. Uh, like piping that has holes in it and uh, or, or these really fun, um, they call them poofers and uh, they can set it up so that a bunch of gas will collect and then it will like shoot out at the top like a big ball of fire. Mm. That's a really common thing to see. Yeah. And, uh, and I have friends who know how to make that stuff. And, and my daughter, we, we, I know some people who like to spin fire, you know, and they mm. came over to my daughter's graduation party and that's, and did that it was mesmerizing you know that mm. fire spinners all those interesting artists and people expressing themselves and um, being themselves and and for me to be myself and to do the meditation work and the and the one-on-one work with people and meet so many interesting people that are also there for the same reason I, I've often said when you meet someone at Burning Man, there's 10,000 questions that have already been answered about them. You know them in a way because they're there. You know them because they're kind of coming from it from the same perspective. You don't go two miles, two and a half hours out of the desert where there's no water and no food. You have to bring everything. Radical self-reliance is another one of those principles. Mm -hmm. You got to make a lot of effort to go out there and, you know, to be yourself, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's a huge effort. And so the people that get out there are wonderful, you know, and there's a, already a lot in common that you have with them. Well, I love hearing you talking about it because I, I feel like I can sort of feel what you feel when you're there. So thank you for sharing that. And and to wrap things up, I would say, how can we continue to feel that? Whether we get to go to Burning, Burning Man or been to Burning Man or probably are not going to be able to go to Burning Man, but still keep that spirit alive in our own lives. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that, that's what I was kind of getting to with the top down and bottom up. So where is your generosity? And then how do you want to express that generosity to other people? How do you want to gift certain things to people? You know, doing things that 
unexpected, unconditional gifts, unexpected gifts. You know, that's always a wonderful thing. How do well, you? Do you mean like can love be your gift? When do you? Love, do you love, yeah, love can be your gift as well. You know, a loving, accepting presence. But again, I want to make sure though that um, people understand that we're talking about this is not from the top down, but from the bottom up. And so, so what I would like to encourage people to do is find that within themselves through these meditation techniques or or whatever else might, might work. But again, this podcast is more about meditation than anything else, but you know, you can also try things. Um, But I do think if you try to be radically self-expressive at your board meeting, you know, that's not going to work. It could, could make it more interesting. (laughs) I don't know about that. No? Well, oh, come on. If you want to be really who you are and authentic, you you, you can't. You got to play the game a little bit. Is that what you're saying? Well, I will. We're in the default world, and mm. uh, we haven't gotten to that point yet. Mm. So, you know, I think that you can, but, the, but certainly in the personality and, and how you respond to things, you know, but, but if you're kind of already on a, in a little bit of a default world, you know, it takes some time to find a place where you're, where you're, where you can move into that space for yourself. I mean, if you get, if you're trapped in a, in a job, you know, it may, you may have to change that job, you know, and if you want to always wanted to be a glass artist and you're right now, you're a, you know, cable guy, you know, you gotta, you gotta make a transition. So what we're talking about in our podcast is how you do that. And, uh, and we're talking here about exploring awareness. And so it's always going to boil down to, to finding that for yourself and then moving in the world authentically. But in our last podcast, you said one of my favorite things of all time, that when you are home and uh, nothing sticks and everything is possible. Yeah, I just love that. It's like, Yes. <laughs> yes, that's that's like Burning Man. See, that's exactly like Burning Man. Yeah. I'm so glad we could talk about that today. And I thought we could kind of do a guided meditation. I always give talks on the 10 principles at, at Burning Man around here and, and in Nevada. And also kind of, well, can, we can do a guided meditation that kind of connects us to some of those principles and will allow us to maybe imagine how that mm. might, what that might look like in our life. What might, what might it feel like? And we can carry it around with ourselves. A yeah, bit. yeah, exactly. So we start with kind of connecting to that. And then by not thinking too hard about it, mm. something will come from it. So that's why I say bottom up, not top down. Okay. And, um, you know, to all my fellow burners, you might be hearing this. Hello, I love you, and I uh, hope to see you in 2021. But let's move into the a meditation. Okay. And, um, and I, I would invite everyone to, to take a seat and not turn the podcast off at this point, but also not drive. Um, driving and meditation don't, don't work too good, but you can listen to it while you're driving. Just don't, don't do the meditation. And, uh, and for those who are just joining us, for the first time on this podcast, we always end um, with, a, with a, a brief guided meditation, sometimes less brief than others. And we always start just by, by shifting from our thoughts and feeling into our bodies. Mm-hmm. 
Right. And the one thing that we can really become aware of is the air moving in and out of our chest. And so the meditation starts by being mindful or being aware of the breath. It's this, uh, this movement that's been going on your life, your whole entire life since you were born keeping you alive. And we start our awareness exploration by saying, what is it to be aware of your breathing instead of just breathing? And some people notice a calmness that starts to come over them. And there may be a short relief from racing thoughts, a short relief from, you know, trying to think because you're just being aware of your breath. And awareness is a really kind of still, quiet place. And so just feel into the awareness of the breath. And then when thoughts come up, distracting thoughts, you know, useless thoughts, treat them like the breath. And just be aware of them as they come and go, as the breath comes and goes. And then we'll ground awareness in the body, just starting at the bottoms of the feet and the tops of the feet, the ankles, feeling those feet touching the ground. You know, recalling that they've been carrying you around all day, again, without consciousness. And we're just bringing them into consciousness as, as present in the moment. And up the legs, the knees, and the hips and thighs. 
and just let your legs be alive now, knowing that they're there, alive with awareness, and then moving in to your pelvis and lower abdomen, and just scanning the abdominal wall and the chest. And then moving to feeling the, the lower back and the middle back and upper back. And that spinal column all the way to the head. And then check in with your hands and the palms of your hands. And just notice when you're aware of them how much kind of electricity, so many nerves there so sensitive in the back of your hand and your wrists and your forearm and elbow and upper arm and shoulders and so just for the first time today perhaps bringing this your body into awareness below the head You're not just a head, but awareness can be aware of the head as well. So moving up the back of the head and around the head, top of the head, the muscles of the forehead and eyes and nose and mouth. And in the head, the brain. And the brain is creating thoughts just like the air is moving in and out of the lungs. So you've got your whole biology going and the awareness of the biology, the awareness of your body. Which is not influenced by thoughts and pain in the body. It's just aware of everything as it is. Feel into that. And um, see if, if generosity makes sense from this place. You know, from the, from the mind, it's a, well, I can't give this, I need that, I need to exchange money for that. What about outside of thoughts, just generosity? Feel the generosity.
And what would you, what would you like to do to express yourself from a place of awareness? Maybe your mind tells you that you should, you know, wear this or that, or someone expects that. What would what would you look like if you could be whatever you wanted? It just felt like an expression of yourself. What would it be like if you could you know, let other people be who they are without judging them some criteria that's in your in your brain, but enjoy whatever that person is. What would that look like? Where does this deeper part want to make? Does it want to make some art? Does it want to help with a massage or play music for people? make them feel loved, make them feel included without the filters that are part of that brain. So does awareness open up some space? You know, a sense that you don't want to pollute. You want to respect the earth. Whereas the brain, they want to take advantage of it. Does everything have to be you know, have a cost and be negotiated and just, you have to make a profit. Yes, you have to live, but what is, what about from awareness if it feels like you can have a marketplace but not take advantage. Get your needs met. yet interact outside of a, some type of manipulation or negotiation, but just human to human, awareness to awareness.
And so imagine what identifying beyond thoughts, identifying with awareness. What does your house look like? What do you look like? What does your job look like? What does your parties look like? What is your, the way you raise your children look like? How would you wake up feeling, maybe feeling happy? Not dreading the day. How would you change things? And so awareness opens up a whole new set of possibilities that are yours. For a life you want to live with other people. Maybe there's a sense of joy, freedom, And peace. And generosity and wisdom and well. Shift things for you. If you want the world might look a little more like. The place you want to be, the place, the world you want. And so just imagine now with your brain what that might look like. and be aware of those thoughts. And uh, use this power of awareness to create the world you want. It may take time, some effort, it's okay, we got time. But maybe the principles, the guidelines, 
underlying motivations shift a little from this perspective. And then the forms that come out of it may look a little different. And so we'll wrap up now by just taking three deep breaths and then opening your eyes. So, what did you see, Lisa? What did I see? Yeah, what did you I see? Saw, I, saw, I saw lots of possibilities. Oh, good that was supercharged with a lot of thoughts and, and possibilities. Kind of intense a little bit for me, but not in a bad way, just because of everything I'm going through, but lots of thoughts and possibilities. Were yeah, good. Good, good. What'd you see? I saw a beach. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's I'm the Pisces. I'm the one who's supposed to be seeing the beaches. Yes, but boy, I wish I could go to Burning Man this year. That would have been yeah. really fun. Well, you know what? We're counting on you to thank you for letting us know and sharing the experience. And and maybe we'll all try to carry a little Burning Man with us. Yeah, I know it's a little different than, than what we've been talking about. But I, I, I was really excited to share that as an applied aspects you know to what we've been talking about and we'll we'll, we'll have some other topics along the way but uh, we still yeah. do some more kind of basic stuff as well but yeah. you know, this was a seemed like a good time to do that right I, I think there's a lot of emotion you know the disappointment of not being able to go but the freedom and the experience that you get to have from it combined i i feel the emotion of that for sure and if you did and you want to contact us, you can email us at exploringawareness at gmail.com. We're on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, and we love hearing from you. We sure do. And I hope everyone has a, has a great summer and for all the burners, you know, mm. let's make, uh, like, let's spread the love, you know, yeah. spread the love. Spread the love. I like that. All right. Thank you for listening. Goodbye, everybody. Have a great week. This podcast is not an attempt to practice medicine or provide specific medical advice, nor does use of this information establish a physician-patient relationship. Listening to this podcast does not replace medical consultation with a qualified health or medical professional to meet the health and medical needs of you or others. If you are having problems, please see your primary care provider or your local mental health professional.